0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke Steele. Joining me on this show is Coach Shake E. Lewis from Victory University Boxing in Beaumont, Texas. Welcome to the show. How are you today?
2: I am great. How are you? Thanks for having me.
1: I'm really good. I'm really excited to have you here. First of all, thank you for being here, taking an hour out of the busy day of being a gym owner to sit down and have this conversation with me that hopefully is going to give back to the industry. Um, you know, really appreciate that. And before we dive into the business side of things, give me a really brief variation of the story of how you became a gym owner.
2: Um. Well, basically, I started off um, boxing at uh, the age of, I believe, maybe 20, 20 years old. I was introduced to boxing and combat by my dad. He gave me my first pair of gloves when I was like five years old. So I've always embraced and was always immersed in the sport of boxing in some form as a kid because my dad would sit me in front of television sets and we would watch boxing on TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, Marvin Hagler, all uh, the old, old-time old greats Roberto Duran, you know, so um, I just, you, it always kept me around it. So my weekends as a kid were filled with boxing and karate movies. So Bruce Lee, Muhammad Ali, and all the ancient old fighters of, of the old times were my heroes, naturally. So I grew up just always having that, you know, in, inserted in almost in my DNA. And I remember, I had dreams and aspirations of being a football player. I wanted to play football. And so what ended up happening after the years of eligibility, uh, uh, my collegiate years and playing semi-pro ball and trying out for different arena teams and professional NFL teams, um, I still had a a drive and an ambition to perform and compete in athletics. And I remember entering a tough man uh, contest that we had on campus, uh, my college year, my freshman and sophomore year in West Texas. And it was just kind of like a backyard brawl type thing. And I ended up winning um, two years in a row and everybody was like, hey man, you ever thought about boxing? I was like, no, I'm a football player. I have no desire to box whatsoever. And they were like, well, you kind of gifted. You might want to try it out, check it out. And so as fate would have it, many years after um, my football career, I decided to walk into a boxing gym and ended up just just getting destroyed <laughs> for probably about six months. And after a while, uh, most traditional boxing gyms, whenever you walk into the gym and you're inside, <laughs> um, the, the the fighters who are there, the fighters who are, who have been there and dedicated themselves to the sport, it's almost like a fraternity. So when you're the new guy, they tend to kind of you know kind of haze you a little bit just to see if you're worthy. So you go through the hazing process, which um, I'm not sure if they do that now. I I don't do that at my gym, but I remember it being tough and those guys were very extremely hard on me. And that was just a test to see if I was really true to it. If this was something that I really, really fully was committed to and really wanted to do. And so after a while, the beatings turned into the teaching because they realized, look, this guy's gonna keep coming back. So we might as right. well just kind of work with him and show him something. And so I fell in love with the sport and continued to go back and just wanted to grow and wanted to learn. So I just attached myself to these guys. These, these professional fighters weren't from gym to gym. I was a gym nomad. And it just so happens in the middle of me getting really, really in depth into it, the coach and owner of the gym down here in my hometown, he uh, passed away. Okay. And so that, uh, basically bottomed the whole gym out it shut everything down so there was no boxing offered out here in in, uh, Beaumont, in my city at all and so what I just did I just traveled you know from gym to gym and just continued my own personal journey of training and getting myself acclimated to the sport and in the midst of that being at a facility at a recreational facility in my hometown I would just train on my own alone and people would take notice to it and they would be like, hey, um, that looks pretty cool. It looks pretty awesome. Like, would you mind showing me, you know, how to do that? And so I, you know, showed a couple of people and, you know, mm-hmm. met a couple of people and ended up competing for, for years uh, in amateur boxing and USA boxing. And as fate would have it, um, I ended up getting um, injured. And so competing kind of took a a. a it kind of went on the backslid for a while, and I still trained. And people were interested. They would bring their kids to the gym where I trained at, and it was like, "Hey, could you show, you know, my son how to throw a proper jab, or could you teach me how to throw this punch or throw that punch?" So one person turned into like twenty people asking,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know. And so um, I, at that at that point, I realized, listen, I'm going to be in this facility at such and such time on these days. If anybody's interested in coming, just show up on these days. And so eventually it turned into a situation where it was growing beyond what I anticipated. So I kind of was forced into training and teaching people. And that just kind of opened up um, an idea and a passion and a drive in me to be of service. So I found you know, my niche, I found my calling, so to speak, in being able to help people achieve a dream or achieve a goal. So I I didn't take that calling lightly. I took it seriously and I just ran with it.
1: And now here we are. How many years later? Like how many years? Oh oh my
2: God, that, that journey, um, probably, well, uh, I'm about 16 years into boxing. Um, the training aspect of it, as far as me training other clients and, and having my own gym and opening up that idea, I would say about like right at 10 years. So t-
1: 10 years. I mean, that's a pretty substantial amount of time that you've been doing this. Yeah. And, and so now you have your own kind of boxing gym, yeah. University Boxing. Yes. Give our listeners kind of an elevator pitch of that facility. Tell us, you know, what services you have to provide. Kind of paint a picture for us because all all boxing gyms are a little bit different. So give us, you know, tell us what you have to provide at your your facility.
2: Okay, well, we train. um, I have youth classes. We start youth classes at the age of eight years old because USA Boxing does not allow um, any type of competition until um, attendees are at least eight years of age. So I have clients that range from eight years all the way to 50 years old. Not everybody is anticipated or expected to actually compete because I also um, have kids that come just for the training aspect of it and just to get in shape. So I offer those services as well. I have clients who just want personal training. They have no desire to be world champions. They just enjoy the aspect of learning something different and breaking up the monotony of going to a, a traditional gym. So I have clients that just come in to learn boxing techniques and fundamentals and things like that. I have female CrossFit um, training classes that come in, circuit drills and stuff like that. And I have professional athletes that come in for the boxing aspect of it, even though, like I tell everyone, the gym is basically designated and designed for competing athletes. So anyone who has a desire to come to the gym, they are going to learn traditional Olympic style competitive boxing
1: mm-hmm but you know like somebody with no experience in boxing they maybe they tell you like hey you know coach shaky I want to like learn I want to lose a little bit of weight but but learn how to box like that's somebody that you'd still be excited to work with right oh yes most
2: most definitely it's it's not mandatory like I said it's not mandatory that you come in and just you know want to compete you know but I treat every athlete the same my eight-year-old uh, athletes do the same exact workout that my 40-year-old uh, athletes do you know i may kind of break down you know and and change the sets but they still do the same exact workouts so and the the whole um the whole thing about a boxing workout is geared and it is designed to increase cardio increase uh, reflexes increase muscle and, and strength it um Basically, you're going to lose weight, you know, so that's just a part of, it, you know, if you come into, if you're going into any boxing gym, all boxing gyms, the workouts are designed to put you in a position where you're losing weight.
1: Yeah, of course, of course. Um, so, you know, if you kind of like look at your clients right now, what percentage of your clients would you say are, you would call general population?
2: Um, Right now, I probably have about, put a percentage-wise, I would say about
1: 70%. So, so 70% of the people are just coming in because they want to learn the fundamentals, like you said. They want to learn how to box. They want to get yeah. exercised outside of, you know, the normal yeah. kind of big box-type workout that not everybody can succeed yes. at. Um, so currently, as things stand, how many members do you have at the facility?
2: Currently, I have about, I would say close to 32 maybe 32, 32 members 32 maybe in between 25 and 32
1: okay so um with those 32 members like how does their membership work are they paying you like a monthly membership do they pay for a year in full like how does that piece work it's monthly okay and do they yeah. are they automatically billed or do you meet with them every month
2: to take them i meet home? with them every month um the way this gym, the way my gym is 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 designed and set up, I, I tell all of my clients, um, I have two assistant coaches, Coach Edwards and Coach Prescott, that have been with me since the beginning, and I keep I keep this gym as a small family unit. Mm-hmm. I tell everybody who uh, are potential clients that come to the, that come to the gym that this is not going to be a traditional gym. This is not going to be traditional training you have to understand that this is a sanctuary to all of us.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I have
2: kids that come in here. I have um, athletes that come in and everybody wants to feel better about themselves. So the idea for me is to create uh, an atmosphere that is conducive to self-improvement on every level, not just um, fighting, not just you know uh, body shaping. This is all mental. This is all about self-help this is all about feeling proud this is all about feeling great about yourself so the energy that i enjoy and that i try to manifest and create at my gym is all about family oriented and uplifting so i like to keep it small you know because everybody feels connected to one another you know yeah. And so that energy is what been able to to help us sustain you know the gym and with everything that's been happening in the world especially with covid and the highs and lows of trying to run a business and, you know, the many doors that were closed in the beginning, you know, of trying to, you know, uh, start the program because there was a time when there was no gym, you know, we were actually training in abandoned buildings, mm-hmm. you know, and I had maybe two or three clients, you know, that stuck with me throughout the years, you know, and then we had, uh were blessed to be able to, Gain access to a facility that we trained in and helped at risk. Uh, We we held the at risk youth program for about four years and that gym went into an entirely different direction. So I had to move on. And at that particular time, we didn't have a location. We didn't have a gym at all. We just basically were training in abandoned buildings and in parks, you know, and people still believe they still came. And so this went on for years. You know, but uh, the energy that was drive that was driven to keep this thing afloat was just this whole family connection that we had, and people believing in better.
1: Yeah, you know? no, and I, I, I completely, I completely understand. You know, wanting to have that sanctuary type feeling, have that family type feeling. But at the same time, like, ultimately, this is a business, right? Yes. And so we want to be able to keep our business alive. We usually yes. always want to continue to grow our business. And so, you know, keeping things small, you know, we can grow our business and welcome on more members and still keep that family environment, still keep oh, that yes. sanctuary yes. environment. And so That's the goal. Let me ask you, you know, with your 32 members, since you're not, since they're coming to you every month and paying for their membership, they're not on an auto bill. Do you see that people kind of come and go at all or do they kind of come and they stay?
2: I, um, the thing about being a business owner, Mm -hmm. you have to have the gift of goodbye. Right. Because you have to expect and anticipate that you are going to be broken up with on a monthly basis. Right. You know, so I've accepted that and I keep an open door policy, you know? So anybody that comes in, you know, uh, and they decide to go elsewhere, typically a lot of times the, I'll see them again and they always come back and I always tell them like, I'm not gonna tie you in to a contract where it's mandatory that you come here. That's not how I operate. You know, I I, I come from a, a place of understanding that life changes for everyone, you know? So if your situation, if this is not a fit, for you then uh, go to where you fit in
1: yeah I completely I completely agree with you but also at the same time when we're not having our members on some sort of auto subscription or whatever we're kind of doing them a disservice because Mm -hmm. it gives people the opportunity to say like, Hey, I'm going to do it this month, but next month I have to go to a wedding. And mm-hmm. so I don't have the money laying around, so I'm not going to go next month. And then they come back to you a month later and they want to rejoin and they're lacking motivation because they took a whole month off. Yes. Um, they're further away from their goal than they were when they initially started. Yes. And so most of us, you know, if we're in this business, we want to help people. And so I think the best thing that we can do is like get our members on some sort of auto subscription with the option, always, the always the option to pause and always the option to say, hey, you know, 30 day cancellation, you can cancel at any time. I understand that life happens and you you might want to go. But this is a business and I have to make a living, too. Right. Yeah. Um, and so there has to be understanding from both parties. Because you want to succeed too. And you want to be able to continue to grow your business and retention in this industry, no matter if you're running a boxing gym, a CrossFit gym, a big box gym, retention is like one of the biggest challenges that we all deal with. Right. Um, We want to grow. We want to welcome more members, but we're constantly losing them too. So that's a big challenge. Yes. So, you know, 32 members, are you looking to grow? Like realistically, like, do you want to take on more members? If you could, would you?
2: Oh, most definitely. The goal is always expansion. The goal is always to make things bigger and better. So Mm -hmm. that is an ultimate goal of mine. I would love the opportunity to expand and maybe even create a franchise and turn this thing into a household name. Sweet. I'm I'm definitely interested in growing the business and getting an opportunity to build. Mm
1: -hmm. So when you look at the idea of growth, What are some of the things that you're doing to aid that growth process in terms of finding new clients? Where are you guys finding your new clients?
2: Facebook has been a blessing as well as Instagram. And the, the, the idea of any boxing gym um, owner is winning because people always want to attach themselves to a winning team. So Mm -hmm the goal for me with every competing um, athlete that we have is not to just compete. It is to win. Yeah. So the minute you create that type of energy, it's attractive. People are attracted to winners period. So the minute you go uh, into any stadium, any auditorium, into any gym and people recognize a name and they say something um, as simple as um, if you're speaking about a football team, your favorite football team,
3: mm-hmm.
2: everybody knows who went, who's won the Super Bowl. So if you go into the store, typically you're gonna see that team plastered, their logo plastered everywhere because they are the champs. So when you become, when you have a championship mindset and you have accolades to back that up, naturally people are gonna gravitate to it. People are gonna know who you are when you're winning.
1: Yeah yeah and so facebook is obviously a good tool for that right because it 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 creates that kind of word of mouth that you're talking about yes and word of mouth is free we don't have to do anything to have good word of mouth except for like you're saying produce winners in your case Um, or we just need to get people talking so all we have to do have a good service people are going to talk and so you've utilized facebook a little bit you guys have utilized instagram how many new leads would you say that you're bringing in per week through those platforms or is it kind of hit or miss
2: um, uh, Google has also been helpful as well because we're featured on Google and I would say probably on average about between five to seven clients per week inquiries
1: inquiries about the and then- when somebody inquires, what's the process after that to actually get them to come into the to the facility?
2: Well, I don't take anyone serious until they actually come into the facility. So I always like to speak on the phone, and I'll set up a date and say, "Look, here's the appointment time. You guys want to come in and check out the facility and discuss paperwork, and then we'll take it from there."
1: And how many people actually show up?
2: Um, if we're doing an average, if I get <laughs> seven, if I get seven calls, I could. On the high-end, three. I would get three in.
1: And from those three, sorry, (laughs) keep keep doing it. From those three, how many of them actually sign up for a membership?
2: If they come to the gym, they sign up. Sweet. So So it's just
1: a matter of, hey, we're getting seven inquiries per week, but how do we actually get them to show up? And that's a hard thing in this industry, too my phone will ring all day at the CrossFit gym. Hey, what are your prices? That's the first thing that they say. It's like, come on, you know, but if they're calling us, there's obviously a reason that they're calling us. They want to get healthy or whatever it might be. Yeah. So what can we do to actually get them in the front door of, of the facility? They might set up an appointment, but I don't know about you, but no shows in this industry, people, Oh yeah, I'll come in on Friday at 10 o'clock and then they don't,
2: Yeah, I I get that. I get that. But I've been blessed and fortunate to not get that a lot. Most of the time I screen my calls and throughout a five minute conversation, I can kind of get an understanding if this person is fully, fully committed and this is something that they really want to do.
1: And sometimes maybe they aren't fully committed, but we can if we can just get them in the door of the facility and get them committed, we're doing them a huge favor because it's really hard for people to get in the front door of the gym sometimes you know what i mean so i guess um my next question to you would be with facebook and instagram have you ever utilized like the paid ad feature to reach a larger audience is that something that you guys have tried because i think that's something i've seen a lot of other gym owners doing but obviously it does cost a little bit of money but the return on investment is
5: there
2: We haven't um, I haven't entertained that idea as of yet, because like I said, I've been I've been fortunate and and blessed to to have, you know, a decent amount of inquiries per week and sign ups, you know, per week. I haven't had a real hard struggle, you know, with getting clients to come in and people interested. Right. Programs that we offer.
1: Yeah. I mean, I get that. But, you know, you're at 32 clients right now and you want to grow. And so a good way to continue to grow and reach more people is through that. And the reason why I love the idea of paid ads so much and why they transform things for my gym so much is we're able to reach people who need us, but might not even be looking for us. And I think the, re- the, the people who need us the most are usually the people who don't even know that we exist. They don't even know that we're there. They're not looking for a boxing gym, but maybe they see some of the ladies in your gym Working out and in an ad, and they're like, oh, wow, you know, they look just like me. Maybe I could do it. And then we get them in, we change their lives, and we kind of feel like a superhero. And it's Mm -hmm. good for our business too. If you were able to get a three to one return on investment, you were able to bring in, you know, instead of seven new leads per week, if you were able to bring in like 20 new leads per week, is that something that you feel like would benefit your business?
2: Of course. Any, anything um, that would help, you know, grow any business would benefit the business.
1: Right. So I guess I kind of want to ask you a different question here, kind of unrelated to this topic, but when you look at the, the, when you look at Victory University Boxing right now and where things stand, what would you say is the biggest challenge or the bi- biggest kind of bottleneck business-wise for you? And what are you doing to kind of overcome that?
2: Um, I would have to say, um, facility because like I said, with the 32 members that we have, I, I'm, I am definitely, if I, if I have aspirations and dreams for expansion, we need a bigger gym. So the challenge you know, with me right now is making sure that I can allow enough time and space between clients to have enough people in the gym at a particular time that benefits them as far as space and keeping the gym you know, well like a well all machine functioning properly without people overcrowding each other or this group meshing with that group. So for me it's just, you know, the facility expansion.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, with 32 people right now in the facility, do you feel like it's necessary to expand right now or do you need to
2: yes, it is. It's it's necessary. There there is going to come a time where we're definitely going to have to expand right. but i appreciate the the process right you know? yeah because i understand that, that right now the the path is not the place
5: right you
2: no know, the path is just a process and so i've been like i said i've been blessed enough to that everything that i wanted to happen with the gym has happened you mm-hmm. know god has been blessing you know the gym to expand when it's time to expand um, when, when COVID hit, you know, of course, everybody was stuck at home and couldn't go to certain gyms and couldn't train and the whole scare of uh, being around people kept us, you know, con- conformed to our bedrooms and our garages, you mm-hmm. know, so that you know, took a, a, a dent, you know, in making sure that gym was functioning and things like that. But, you know, God still opened up a door and allowed us to be able to function and still be able to pay the bills and keep everything going.
1: If I were to kind of hand you a magic wand and I said, all right, all your dreams for your business have come true, you've reached all your goals, what would that picture look like? If you could have everything you wanted.
2: That would look like the gym um, being a, a facility that caters to every aspect of athletes being able to train and perform and better themselves. That would look like no one having to pay anything but just showing up as a membership because the ultimate goal for me is to provide a service that helps people without hurting people. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that is the goal for me. You know, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a, a, a money thing for me because I tell people all the time, if I was to scratch win a scratch off lottery for a million dollars, and that means we have won a million dollars. That means now we having the, the best gym facility in the state of Texas, you know, like that, that is the goal for me.
1: So, you know, you want to build, you want to continue to grow your community. You want to continue to help people. You're the type of guy who is really motivated by helping people um, and, you know, making changes to their lives. What do you feel like it's really important for you to focus on right now to make the reality of expansion, potential franchise, and all of this an opportunity in the future? Winning. Okay. Okay.
2: The name, the name of my gym says it all victory university boxing. When you create, uh, a, 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 a smoke screen that people recognize you create a following. When you create a name, when you create a buzz in this business, I am a boxing coach, USA boxing coach. The goal, the ultimate goal is purely to win period so that is what's going to get us to the next level
1: absolutely so just continue to learn and grow within the gym that's what's going to take you to the next level um i appreciate you being here today and you know sharing your insight do you guys have a facebook page like what's the facebook page where can our listeners go to find you
2: you can go to victor university boxing on facebook or you can go to shaky lewis perfect yes
1: Thank you for being here. Listeners, thank thank you you for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Jim Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and we'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode.
3: what's going on everyone welcome back to another episode of the gym lords podcast i'll be your host today my name is alex beck and joining us on the show is cheyenne petrie from legend crossfit out of mccall idaho what's going on cheyenne welcome to the show how are you doing today i'm doing great thanks for having me yes brother i'm excited to have you on you started here in 08 so you were one of the og crossfit so to (laughs) speak to get started here um but no, I appreciate you giving some of your time to be here with us, but uh, let's not waste any time here. How did you get started? What is it that made you want to start with not only opening your own fitness facility, but CrossFit facility in specific?
4: Well, honestly, my dad started it up. I was a, a strength and conditioning coach at the, in the, at the college level, and it started in the recession in 2008, and I tried to get out of coaching and come out here and just work construction during a big boom and the boom stopped and I had already moved to town. And so I just kind of had to fall back on what I knew. And then, uh, he got his affiliate and got CrossFit certified. And then I just kind of fell in because it's really how I cut my teeth. Yeah. I was training people. So kind of all just happened, uh, organically. organically yeah. Pretty fast.
3: Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So you are offering, mainly group training, like most CrossFit facilities. Um, You also do a little bit of private training as well. That leads me to my next question about how many members are you currently serving right now? We
4: typically like hang on to about 65 current members. Like they run usually year round, you know, like that's our membership in the summers. We kind of peak with punch cards and with month to month kind of people because we're really in a resort town. And so we get an influx of people in the summer. So that jumps up to 85 to hundred to 115. Mm. But for the most part, like, I like to say that our membership 65, that's like what it takes to get my bills paid and yeah. pay myself. You know?
3: okay. okay. Definitely. So let's see here. Sitting at about 65 members you are coming up on your busy months here so it should be getting busy here um i do always like to ask is that number you know a number that you guys want to stop at or are you trying to hit the gas right now and see some new faces
4: we hit the gas but we really ebb and flow you know like i said living in we live in a mountain town right on a lake so i tell everybody too like our our contacts actually remain probably about the same we get an influx in uh Revenue because people are coming in and visiting, but are like our number of people that we touch are a little kind of consistent because our locals are out like skiing or biking and on the lake and hiking and they're outside a lot. And then the tourists come to town and they'll stop by and grab a workout when they yeah. can. Um, so I guess to answer your question, we're always trying to get new faces in, but. Uh,
3: How big is the facility that you're in right now?
4: We're in about 3,000 square feet.
3: Okay. Okay. 3,000 square foot. What would you say is like a, like the goal number for you, right? The, the comfortable number where it's like, Hey, not only could we handle this amount of members, but it'll make us more profitable, be able to make more revenue. What does that really look like to you?
4: I think like a realistic amount is anywhere between 82 and talking about like not people that just hold memberships, but people that are coming in on a regular basis. Yeah. You know, um, that, to me has always been a big thing. And I think that's kind of um, we're not just pushing to get people in the door. We're trying to keep people coming and keep them regular.
3: Right, I mean, that's a whole thing, right? You don't wanna just have members coming in through the door. You wanna be able to keep the members that you do have. Um, When you say ebb and flow, and that's something that you're experiencing at your facility, are you kind of pertaining towards, you know, as members come in, members are leaving out through the backside? um no Time retention essentially
4: yeah no our retention's usually has always been pretty good okay. uh, ebb and flow is like people will well ever since covid hit we got a huge influx of people just into our town yeah and so um we got this a big push everybody as soon as covid shut down like as soon as covid they pulled off you know people could start coming to the gym we had a big influx of people Uh, come to the gym because now everything was opened up and they just moved to town. And those same people kind of dropped off. Like it was new to them. They wanted to try it and they didn't really stick. Um, So I guess that's the ebb and flow. And I seem to get like these big bursts maybe every two or four years where I get a big group of people and then it kind of tailors off.
3: Okay. And, And when you're looking at at least your membership goal, or the number that you'd like to sit at here around, you know, the 85 member mark, Um, What kind of things are you actively doing right now to to aid that growth process?
4: No, I don't do anything except try and give them good quality programming (laughs) and try and keep their fitness, you know, at a high level.
3: No, definitely. And and I mean, word of mouth too is even important to, um, you know, having a strong baseline of members and it shows proof of product, proof of, you know, value of the service that you're giving to your members that you know, they're willing to, to spread the word for you and invite friends, family, and so forth. Um, when you look at at least the amount of leads that you get on a weekly or monthly basis, what does that really look like to you?
4: That again is very seasonal for us.
3: Yeah.
4: Um, I always tell, laugh when we have a bad year, like we did this year, like a bad spring, I get a whole bunch of people like interested in coming cause they can't get outside there's snow still up in the hill so like i'll get yeah. five in a week you know which is kind of a big is a a pretty high number but yeah, if you is. start you start hitting like uh like the depths of winter when everybody's out skiing i might not get a call in a month you know for a new person where somebody's interested so it kind of like uh sometimes may and june's big time for us if, especially if the weather's bad and then the same thing in October, like October when nobody can ski and they can't get out on their bikes and stuff like that. It's like, I'll field a whole bunch of calls where people want to get a shape.
3: And have you tried anything to combat that? At least, you know, the seasonality of the amount of leads that you get. Have you ever tried any other type of, you know, forms of at least marketing yourself or getting your name out there so that you could get leads coming in on those slow seasons?
4: No, we don't do anything. No. I don't.
3: Yeah, I really don't. And what what stopped you? What what what's stopping you from at least, you know, trying different things to to get some, you know, more people coming in through the door? I don't know. I guess I've
4: never just been about having more people. Like if people are interested and they're coming in, they're going to seek us out. And uh I feel like our town is small enough that a lot of people already know about us, yeah. you know, but But too, like I was saying, we got a lot of new people move in. So that's kind of like, uh, our goal coming up is to like, okay, let's get some of these people that who now we don't know them. I'm from, I'm from McCall and I'm from this area. So it's like, I know a lot of people, but now it's getting to be like this influx of folks where I don't actually know everybody that's coming into town, you know? So there's new faces and new kids at school that you don't know their parents anymore.
3: Right, right. And a good opportunity too. So, so what's your plan for that, right? What's your plan to be able to capture these new people that are moving into your city and, you know, getting them to know about you guys and maybe getting some more members?
4: Yeah, no, we're going to, we're starting to hit the marketing. Um, We're starting to just push that just through the social media is kind of our our first goal. Um, I think I told us in the preview, like I uh, just hired a GM. Okay. for the first time, like a guy I'm going to call general manager, even though we don't know really what his role is. He's a general manager and we're just going to kind of attack it like that. So he can kind of handle the day to day and I can work on, you know, touching and base and working on more stuff for the gym.
3: Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and smart for you to dive into that, you know, social media space. A lot of people kind of skip over it or choose to not push into social media as a business. And I always say it's just a tool at the end of the day, right? So you could choose to use it, choose to not. But if you do figure out to leverage social media, even paid advertising on certain social media pre- platforms, um, to your advantage, it, it makes it all that much better for you as an owner. You're able to get you know a consistent flow of leads coming in. Um, have you ever dove into like the um, at least done any paid advertising like any Facebook ads, Instagram ads?
4: no for a while like when COVID first struck that's so that's when I got into social media like other than just voyeur and I actually started posting and then since we opened back up I've kind of pulled myself back so really I'm like against social media personally yeah. And when I say against it I don't I don't like hate it I'm just not like putting the stuff out there that we need to so I haven't even ventured down that path of uh using social media for just what it has and or even like considered advertising. But I know it's an opportunity there for sure.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean just different things that's worth trying too, right? It never hurts to try. And then you know on on top of that, you might kill it with it too. I mean I've heard a lot of people they have lead gen and especially with marketing, right? You could use these ads that you put on platforms for up to a year, year and a half. So once you figure out your marketing angle, it's really just about you know keeping the flow coming in of, of you know interested leads um, for you what's kind of your process here for when you do get a lead let's say it's myself right I hear about you through a friend a family member mm-hmm. um, I walk in through the door what's your process for turning me into a paid member
4: typically what we do is we'll take you in and if you walk in the door We'll usually give, just like old school, like give you that first trial free. If you don't have any experience, maybe just come in and check it out. And I kind of tend to work with that person. Our coach will work with that person and kind of baby them through a little bit. Um, If it's somebody that's just new to town but has done CrossFit, we kind of mainstream as much as we can and make them feel comfortable. Um, When a person calls or something, I usually try and get them to do at least, because like we talked about, the leads aren't just blowing up you know so we'll do one intro class and it's basically just one hour where i just it's an intro class it does cost okay um and so we charge them for the intro and then that allows them to get a membership and enroll in the class in
3: classes so kind of like a like a consultation and then an onboarding class is what they participate in yeah okay okay And yeah. do you track like the conversion rate for that so like the amount oh. of needs you know no, with I don't. Her.
4: okay? I, do. I don't know. I don't really track it. Uh, you know, just I follow, I just pay attention, you know, like oh, that worked for that person, didn't yeah. for that.
3: Yeah, you know, and, and who does the selling currently? Is that something that you partake in, or do you have like a team or you know, some type of sales associate that kind of so helps with that? That's
4: all me. It's kind of been a one man show. I mean, yeah. I'll bring okay. the coaches in and let them, but if it comes to like, uh, If it comes to selling somebody or closing a deal, like that's usually me.
3: Okay. And and we talked a little before this. I know some of your goals, I mean, your big point of focus this year is to really automate some things so that you could take a step away from all these hats that you do have to wear. Um, First, what's like the first hat that you're trying to get rid of here? What's the first thing, load that you're trying to take off your plate that would help you out more?
4: Schedule one of our coaches. Okay. You know, um, that would be the first thing I think. And then secondly, trying to get
3: me off the floor more. Are you, are you still, how many hours um, a week are you training as of now? I usually coach eight to 10, eight to 10, hours. 10
4: hours a week.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Not, not that bad. And, and if you could wave a magic wand here, Cheyenne, let's say like a magic business wand, right. And have your business be in the exact position that you wanted, what would that really look like to you? The perfect CrossFit legend. The perfect
4: CrossFit legend would be um, kind of a stable of qualified coaches um, where they were getting paid and that was their job, you know, like, um, and so Where I can bring like have it, yeah, like like you said, have it systemized. So when somebody comes in, we can we can even reach out to people and we can uh you know get our tentacles in a little more um more of the groups in town, you know, the runners club and the skiers group and uh, you know, and have coaches that can handle whoever comes in.
3: What do you think is like the biggest bottleneck that you're facing right now from getting to that point of, you know, being able to free up your time, being able to focus on the things that you want, other passions, other points on the business that's important to you?
4: Um, Probably myself, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm like hanging on to to roles and like not giving them up, you know, not... uh, What's the the word, like um, allowing other people to do it, you know, giving them the freedom, maybe, or I think that probably.
3: How do you think you get past that bottleneck? Because that's something that will always be there, right? I mean, you know, it'll always be there even, even years from now. So how do you think that you get past that point to be able to, you know, take the load off yourself and be able to at least live the life as a gym owner that you want well i think we're taking those steps just hiring somebody that can come
4: in and and do and it kind of takes the personal uh part of it Mm -hmm. away from me like now i'm not so attached like it's his thing you know he can do that Um, and so that's i think that's going to help you know is just remove myself and put some ownership and some responsibility on some of the other people
3: so far, has the GM helped you a lot? Has it how much has it changed in your life to, to have that GM there and kind of back uh, you up on certain things? Uh he's still learning. He's still learning.
4: He's still learning. He's still learning. We'll <laughs> get him <no> more. <laughs>
3: there you go. It's been
4: fine. Yeah, it's been fine. His it's uh, you know, like because I have been here so long, we're pretty intimate, Jim. Like right. I'm pretty close with most of our people. I've got people who've been with us for 12 years. You know so and they're good and everybody's a good sport but i know everybody like i know them know them and, and he's like oh who's that person it's like well that person's been here for 12 years yeah yeah <laughs> i got you know i think that's most we're gonna get out of them or something like that so and then if a new person comes in he doesn't necessarily know who's new like he doesn't have the relationship because mm. he's pretty new himself so um so that's been interesting not I think, and that's part of that, that hang up is like, you really know somebody. You want the best for them and it it's becomes a relationship. Well, now you put somebody else in that position. They don't necessarily have that same relationship with everybody. Right. You know? And that is what I think has kept our gym alive and kept it strong. But it's also the thing now with new people and people are much more formal about what they like. This is what I want. You know, mm-hmm. and before we could get away with this is what you need
3: <laughs> right. yeah yeah i mean the finish industry is just continuing to change year after year and we even touched about you know the virtual training aspect of things has that been something that you at least thought about or maybe implementing into your facility i mean i've thought about it i've thought about it for years but um you don't know how i wouldn't right? i don't know how to
4: do it myself yeah, yeah. and that's
3: okay i mean it's a yeah. right?
4: Yeah. I don't even know like how to market it or how to reach out to people, you know?
3: Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. And and so we know what you want for your business now, right? Cheyenne, we know that you obviously have a passion for your members, for the community that you have at your gym. Um, But what is it that you want from your business? What's like the big picture for you? What do you want the gym to give back to you and your family?
4: well, I want the gym to be able to support us, you know, like, um, and I want it to kind of feed itself. Like I want the gym to be, to have growth and to develop so that it's here, you know, and it's a staple. We've been here for 12 years. I want it to be another 12 years where it can grow and own its own uh, building. We don't own the building right now, you know, so I want it to have like ownership and response, you know, and feed itself and bring people in and be able to hire and feed other family, you know, the general manager and be able to hire coaches and keep them. And that's their job, you know, is to coach. Cause right now we just have part-time coaches.
3: Is is the goal to own the facility that you're in now, or maybe just buy another facility in a different location or, you know, same area. I would
4: like to build like a facility, you know, where it's our building and, and uh we're not sharing the space
3: what are some of the the boxes that you think you have to check before you get to that point right and make that leap to you know build your own facility out
4: um i would definitely to expand our uh i don't know like our service um what we provide you know i think i told you we do a lot of that sports performance training yeah with our kids groups but basically we'd have to have all the kids groups, (laughs) you know, we'd have to have that. We'd have to maybe even have, uh, like a personal training studio. We'd have to include yoga and our facility right now isn't super friendly to yoga, uh, but we're kind of a yoga town. Um, so we kind of have to be able to expand our services to kind of encompass everything fitness related.
3: Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I, even the CrossFit North Carolina that I spoke with, that was um, a big focus for him coming out of COVID was trying to become more of a one-stop shop, so to speak, mm-hmm. right? And offering more things like private training, even open gym, um, nutrition accountability. I believe they were selling some supplements as well. But but at the end of the day, right, it, it gives you, you more value from your members in the form of being able to make more money and then it helps them get more value for you in the form of getting better services, you know, um, being able to, to do personal training, you know, the nutrition aspect of things. Um, when you look at expanding your services, what's like the, the main thing that you've been thinking about diving into is it more so that personal training side of things or, uh, holding like yoga classes.
4: I don't mind the per I don't really do the personal training anymore because that's too much for me, but I would like to be able to, um i'm doing okay kind of leasing the space out to personal trainers so people can train out of the facility yeah we still um get some money from that without you know it doesn't necessarily my day is not extended by it you know so uh so personal training is a nice little caveat uh i said yoga i think that's a big deal i i personally would like to get more into the um some kind of the MMA side of things, okay, and start bringing that in. We have a pretty good judo club here in town, and but there's no like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, there's no ground game, so to speak. So I think that would be a fun, you know, it'd be an addition to our gym. But that would awesome. include a bigger footprint.
3: I love it. I love it, and I think that's a pretty good place to start to wrap things up on this episode, Cheyenne. But before we do sign out of here, please give a shout out to your website, Facebook page, Instagram, just so the listeners can find some more info on you and your gym.
4: Right, we're legendcrossfit.com on the World Wide Web and uh, Legend CrossFit Facebook page, I think it's, and same thing, Instagram. We're all Legend CrossFit. Yes, That's you guys. Is.
3: Check them out. Cheyenne Petrie from Legend CrossFit out of McCall, Idaho. I appreciate you once again, brother. And as for the listeners, If you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like, and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out.
0: Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
1: Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
6: Hey guys, welcome back to the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Montero, and today we're joined by Marcia and Brittany of Lady Strong Fitness in Schaumburg, Illinois. How are we doing today, ladies?
7: We're great. Doing good.
6: Awesome. We're great looking forward to our conversation got a successful business going here 300 plus members kicking butt especially coming through COVID all that crazy stuff so let's dive in so let's go back in time I know we opened in 2016 so back when you decided to open this gym and uh, you know start a business in this fitness crazy fitness world did you guys have a specific goal in mind from that business sense when you started this thing?
7: I think we're going to end up having two different answers, but I'm Nessie. going to answer first. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to answer first. Honestly, I'm going to say no. I think both of us just really didn't want to work for somebody else. I think that that's always been something Marcy and I have known that we never wanted to do. And both of us have owned gyms before, prior to Lady Strong. Uh, and definitely. just knowing that we had control over our time, our finances, um, you know, our visions, our dreams, what we wanted to do. I think that at that time it was just that we didn't want to have to answer anybody else. But Marcia, I'll let you add.
5: You no, know, Brittany, no, I actually agree with you. And to be completely transparent with well, you, oh, you agree with me? We never yeah, agree. <laughs> but I'll be honest with you. We were more of fitness enthusiasts back then than what we were mm-hmm. business owners. You know, um, there was a lot that we didn't know that we know today, and which led to our success. But um, there's a lot of trial and errors in between, you know, oh, Of
6: course.
5: Now oh, yeah.
6: and then, so it's a crazy road. That's for sure. But a lot, we get to learn a ton. A lot of experiences kind of, I think forge that learning experience, but I love you said to have control over your time, not answer to somebody else and to have control eventually over our finances, which I feel the exact same way. So kind of why I eventually opened my gym. That's kind of what I learned as we were going forward. So um, I didn't even ask you this before. Have you guys been in the same spot uh, the whole time location-wise?
7: Uh, no.
6: Okay. Um, yes and so, no.
7: Yes and no. <laughs>
2: okay.
7: uh, so we were where I'm I'm actually sitting outside of our location right now, but we were about two doors down to my left.
5: Okay. Um,
7: when we first started, it was a spot less than a thousand square feet, super small, start small, take it all. is kind of the motto. Yes. So that's where we actually started. And that's where we started with Gym Launch was in that location. And Gym Launch actually helped us outgrow that space in like less yeah. than 18 months so in 2018 in December of 2018 we expanded into this spot um, which is about 3,200 square feet in the spot that we're in right now
6: so yeah. that's huge Yeah, great you're able to move within the same kind of fas- area facility uh, mm-hmm. which is a hu- not going to lose any members all that good stuff yeah. so we moved to 3,200 square feet and the reason for that was uh, growth right we had we mm-hmm. had too many members in a smaller space. So that's awesome. And like we said, Brittany, kind of lead with revenue. Don't take off this big chunk of space before we have to, right? So uh, that's cool. And now we have plans now of, with the stage in a scaling mode of business of potentially a second location, right?
7: Yes, Marciela, you uh, can talk about that hit, if you want. Hit
6: it, hit
5: it. Yeah, um, I, I think our mindset now is just growth at this point and scaling to multiple locations. Um, I'm, I'm glad we did not pull the trigger Uh, a lot sooner in our business because there is multiple times they're like should we should we not and looking back i'm glad that we did not because there's a lot again that we didn't know that we know now but we literally want to just replicate what we have uh, from the modality to the team um, to our systems and processes just about everything so just taking what we currently have and just duplicating it across um, multiple locations
6: yeah, I love that. And this, so this first location gave you that chance and time to like develop these systems. To, so now they're in place and we just replicate that moving forward with the second location. Is there a specific uh, like radius away you're looking to yeah, have it there
5: in? Is. It, it, it would be nice to stay within a 15 to 20 minute radius yeah. from our pilot location. That way, if we have a coach that needs to fill in at one, they can go there uh, with, with convenience and not have to worry about the hassle and hustle and bustle of traffic and whatnot. So um, I think that we don't want to exceed anything past that for that reason. Yeah,
6: yeah, I agree with that totally. So now we're at a phase also as business owners where we don't have to coach 17,000 classes a day. Uh, Hallelujah. We work. <laughs> if, if we want to, that's great, but you don't have to, which is really great, right? So yeah. you guys can now work you know, on the business instead of in it, uh, how long did it take to get you there? And what do you think was the best, um, the biggest reason how that's happened? Because a lot of our listeners struggled. That's like the final step or one, like the biggest step, right? To get to that level. What do you yeah. think has been a key aspect and component of you getting there?
7: I think that Marcia and I have a, have had a lot of failures in building our team. And a lot of those things fell on us as leaders, you know, nope. lack of communication, lack of empathy, um just not putting the right people in the right seats um we've I would say honestly it's taken us it took us about five years I would say the last year of our business has been the best team that we have ever had um and it's that's about how long it took us to actually fully remove ourselves from the gym and not have to be here often I think leadership building leader like leadership skills and entrepreneurship is a untapped art I think people are so caught up in acquisition and money and revenue that they forget that being a good leader is what really drives your business. Like being a good captain of your ship really drives the business. And I think that people forget that. And so leadership, I would just say we've really, really, really dived into leadership over the last year.
6: Yeah, I think that's huge. And um, every great gym and business I've seen has a great leader. You can't can't have one without the other right and i love Brittany that you said like uh, you guys just kind of take ownership for maybe early staffing failures or staffing uh, maybe putting people in the wrong place for success and I, I love you said that because you know i talk to gym owners all day and staffing is a problem and i always think it's like it's us as owners it's maybe why it's a problem right so i love that you mm-hmm. have brought it up and i think it's a huge piece uh, marcy anything you want to add to that
5: You know, to back up for a second, um, kind of unveiling underneath the covers here, but um, we actually took a step out of our business too soon. And, you know, through mentors were telling us you have to get back in and we're, we find ourselves to be quite coachable and that's just what we did. So um, being able to step back in and finding out where we were making those mistakes, which actually led us to where we are today.
6: Nice. I love it. Yeah being coachable, being great leaders. Humility. Yeah.
5: humility.
7: Humility is a massive piece of entrepreneurship and leadership. Like being able to humble yourself because, you know, if you read the e-myth and like work on your business and not in your business, and that's like the entrepreneurial dream is like, oh, I just want to be out of my business. And that's where we were. We were just so hungry to be out of our business that we were just like putting things in place and like patching things together. And then we were like, oh, boom, like we're done. And then all of a sudden we were losing money. We were in the red every month and we were just like, what's going on? And we were blaming our team. And then we had a coach that was like, listen, you guys are going to have to make some hard decisions. We had to fire some people. We had to put ourselves back in the gym. And that was a humbling, humbling experience.
6: But uh, yeah, we, we, we grow through that change, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard, right? And some change yeah. is always going to cost something at some point in time. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really cool to hear that, and just the the life cycle of a gym owner and where you guys have gotten to, and in, in a relatively short amount of time. So, we know leadership is big, um, being open to coaching and feedback is big. But then we have those systems of success, you know, like like you touched on. Marcia, lead generation is big, retention and ascension. Right? Those three things we have to do really well. So, talk to us about what the uh, marketing strategy has been like to get to these, you know, 300 plus members uh, at Lady Strong Fitness.
5: Marcia, I'll let you handle that. That's your side of the pie, so. I'll I'll explain a little bit what I mean by that. It's consistency because you'll see some gyms and I like to even check out our competitors. They'll market for a little while and then when things are going good, they'll stop instead of, you know, creating that momentum and continue to go, which creates growth. Um, I think a a prime example is when COVID hit and we're in quarantine, everybody, everybody around us. And I know this because I checked every gym in our market stopped advertising and we were the only ones that continued. And it was good for us because any fish that was in the sea, we just pretty much, you know, let the net go and caught them all. And, you know, at that time, leads were super cheap. Uh, We were creating a lot of brand awareness for ourselves. And it, and I think honestly, not only it allowed us to adapt, but you know, be able to take a lot of those, those legions and new members with us. And today's market and where we are from a legion standpoint, you know, we do have our Facebook, our Instagram, um, we have our SEO as well. We did a little bit of YouTube, but we've learned, and I, I know I've heard Brittany say this multiple times, but um, you need to make sure that not only do you have your paid advertisement, you have your organic. Um, and, and, you know, it's all about building your email list because, again, at the end of the day, if Mark Zuckerberg slaps the, that off switch, you, you still have to be able to, you know, yeah. you know, generate some sort of leads from other, you know, avenues. So I think that we've strategically placed all these different systems into place so that way, if that were ever to happen... We don't have to freak out. We're good. Yeah.
6: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Imagine this thing just turns off one day and like Facebook's gone, Instagram's gone. And it
5: has, you know, it has yeah, before it where you oh, know yeah, it has. It shuts down because of something that's going on. And people do freak out, but it's like, yeah. no, it's not a big deal. We're fine, you know, eventually it'll come back up. But not everybody can speak to that.
6: I agree. And I yeah, I love the multifaceted approach to marketing. We have to do it, right? Because people are on different platforms and Depending on the clientele we're kind of attracting, uh, they're going to be everywhere. So I love I love the email marketing piece. How have you guys gone about like best building your your list of emails? How's that looked? How's yeah. That
5: yeah, that's all me Still there. So,
6: yeah, yeah.
5: And everybody knows getting to have your leads get to know you, like you, trust you, build value with them. So I like to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we build value. We give them our podcast. We bring on testimonials and guests from members sharing their success stories. Um, At the end of the week, I like to, you know, throw out a little teaser of something that we have to offer. If it's a promo, uh, if it's a free trial, a challenge or whatever, but um, we're always in front of them, you know, as a constant reminder, you know, whatever it is. And I, I would say we're, we're averaging pretty good open rate for emails, which is 20%, which is really good for within the fitness industry. Um, so that's something that we're always doing. We're constantly sending out and pushing value to our members. So that way, eventually the goal is to get them to buy from us.
6: I love that. And I love the, uh, again, system behind that, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're building value and like, it's not just random and like flowing around there left of fade. So that's awesome. Just out of curiosity, any ever tried any like text marketing? I, you know, I see a lot of gyms doing that these days. Any, have you tried it? Any success with that? You, you
5: want to you talk about that, Brittany? Yeah,
7: yeah, sometimes we'll do um, like text blasts, like a promo, or we'll take right. a podcast if we think a podcast was, is going to do really like, usually Marcy will be like, hey, this podcast did really well on email. Um, let's send this out via text. So we usually pick the ones that do really well on email and send them out via text. Um, we have ran like special promos and offers to prospect lists via text, which typically goes pretty well because a lot of the prospects that we have are leads that we've generated they're just they've just gone cold so um we don't do it super often but we do do it probably like a couple times a month we used to do
5: it all the time and then we got like they were just like you're texting too much for me that's good no i I would be worried if it was the other way around but we have to be respectful of their you know their their privacy and their devices so
6: yeah i know I understand that. But no, I do love the, the multifaceted approach to marketing. I think it's great. And I think like, I'm the type of guy who thinks you have to market every, pretty much every day, right? Like uh, I say early to bed, early to rise, hustle like hell and advertise. So kind of a little plan uh, <laughs> saying from a few things. But, you know, so with that, we kind of skipped over this. I do want to go back for the listeners uh, at Lady Strong, what is the model that you are running? I totally skipped over, it's my fault. So the model you're running there for your clients, model and kind of services that are at Lady yeah. Strong.
7: So we run group training. So it's all like HIIT style training, um, body weight, strength, cardio. Uh, I think the one thing that's proprietary to our studio is the fact that we have our own workout programming system that Marcia created. Um, we run three pillars in that body weight, strength and cardio. We have our own exercise library. Um, Emily and Marcia, our head coach, and Marcia have come up with our own workout scheme. So everything is very unique to us and Lady Strong, which is really great. Um, Pre-COVID, we were rotating stations in the gym and we we could fit 24 people in our studio. Now we're at the station model where everybody has their own spot. We can fit 18 people in a class. They have their own dumbbells, their bench, their kettlebell, their bands, their own pull-up bar. They kind of have everything in their own station. And so we run 18 people in a class right now. We run um, seven to eight classes a day.
6: Okay. Cool. I love, the, I love it. I love the. Uh, I love that model. Any Any thoughts going back to the old way, or is this new way working out better?
7: No. This is This is great. I think this it's goes good. really well for us. Yeah. It kind of got really discombobulated because our studio is not. I mean, it's a big square, but it's not massive. Yeah. It's about 1,800 square feet of working space. So it got a little crazy when we had battle ropes and balls and everything everywhere. And so it got, yeah, it got a little crazy. Now it's very neat. It's very clean. It's very organized. People have their own things. They don't have to run around the room to grab things. Um, This goes, this is really good for us. I feel like, which is funny because Marcio will probably tell you the story of me not wanting to do this. I was like, no, I don't want to do this. And they said, we're doing it. And I was like, What's funny is I'm that this like, was pre-COVID.
5: This was pre-COVID when I wanted to oh, change the okay. and she wasn't having it. And it was almost we were forced to, and it was like right, right. Meant to be. Yeah.
6: It's perfect, yeah. It's the perfect. I, I like it. it kinda, yeah. And it's a positive we got out of that negative, right? Is uh, is this change of pace? It's, it's even working better, so that's great. So, yeah. so now we know the model. We know advertising strategy. We get members in. I know you're ready. Which are which are great for the group model? Are there ways you're able to get members to spend money with you on top of that group training model?
7: Yeah, so that's <laughs> the girls are coming out of the gym. Uh, that's I think one of the things that we're huge proponents of. I I am so much about quality over quantity. I would rather have. 300 solid members that are paying us $200 plus per month in a membership and ancillary sales, challenges, supplements, then 500 members who only pay us $150 a month. Like A, the retention is way better in that model. um, And B, the, the, the trust rate and the money that they spend with you is much higher. So that's kind of been how we do it. We do supplements, we do challenges, we have nutrition seminars, we do retail. Marcia's really good with quarterly retail drops. Like um, we do special edition retail drops every quarter. Um, we have food, drink, all the things. So, um, and I know we alluded to this at the beginning before we started is um, we just jumped on board with Prestige Labs because we identified that our supplements were really a bottleneck in our business. It was just something that we weren't really growing um, and so we're like, we need to make a change. And so we decided to jump on board with Prestige and we'll be launching um, with Prestige at the end of July.
6: Nice. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, and obviously supplements are can be a, a good additional revenue stream, but we want to find a supplement brand that one we like and is like, uh, I think that we believe in, but we can also have a, a good profit margin index. I know a lot of them, I used right. these ones back in the day that sell a bag of protein to get like $3. And it's like, you know, it costs yeah. 42 bucks. And so it's like, you know, and it's, you know, not, not the best quality. So yeah, love to hear that. I love that there's ways to send people. So it's a great thing. Now the personal training side of your business, what does that look like? How many, what's the percentage of people taking advantage of that service? Marcy,
7: I'll let you kind of uh, talk about that.
5: Yeah, right now, um, to be honest, with, we did a lot of revamping uh, with that. We did have a higher tier, which was our our premier. We still do, we offer premier, which gives them like a hybrid for both group and PT. Um, We also have a a la carte as well. If you don't want to be a part of the premier and have access to both, they just want to strictly do PT. Uh, That's an option as well. Um, So it's just being able, the coaches identifying who really needs it, you know, being able to do class observations and seeing who doesn't necessarily have the body awareness, where they're showing their weaknesses, and we want to essentially make them their strengths. We offer a free consultation session, a complimentary session um, to allow them to essentially try it before they buy it, get to know them, figure out their goals. And see what you know what works best for them. Um, the only issue that we're having as the group is our primary service yeah. is being able to find time to yeah. do the the private sessions. But right. um, it, it's going well for the most part. Um, I, I think if, if we had to change one thing, is being able to have a bigger facility to accommodate more people for yeah. those PT yeah. sessions.
6: Yeah. There's always going to be some kind of challenge, right? No matter no matter what we do. With the next, I know to kind of skip over here, but I know the opportunity we're looking at now is to scale to another space, right? So, which we kind of brought up, Are are going to be adding a, a bigger space for PT there, Marcia. Is that going to be part of that new plan potentially?
5: I'll be honest with you. I wish we could. Brittany's looking at me like, <gasps> and, and well, please, choose replicate. your answer wisely. <laughs> yeah, don't don't fix what's not broken, and we want no, to replicate I, what we have. I got it. Um, so we're just gonna make it work and just squeeze those yeah. times in when they're available for those PT sessions. I think the
7: biggest thing is that yeah, no, you know, sounds PT, great. Told- PT is PT is good extra, but our our bread and butter is group. So like we really have to make sure that we we give that the bulk of our attention.
5: Yeah. Sense, yeah, and our coaches know. You know, we do offer the semi-private one of four, for being the max one coach for you right. know PT clients. Uh-huh. So that's the most that we would ever exceed in a, in a session or sessions with, you know, the members, but I mean, it's there if needed.
6: Yeah, exactly. Good to have the option, but still focus on, uh, mostly one thing and doing it really well, as far as the group training goes, which I love. So the last piece of these kind of systems for success, keeping people for as long as possible, right? Retention. So have you seen a life cycle for your, for your clients on average over these past five and a half, six years? Thank you, Brittany.
7: Yeah. Um, I think that if you haven't noticed by now, I'm all the numbers and Marcia's all the, the, the vision stuff. So (laughs) numbers is me. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say 18 months is about average for us. Some, we have some people who are here have been here since the building. Like, I mean, I think every gym has that. Uh, we have a lot of people that stayed with us since the six week challenge. Like we have that, but I would say if you were going to average it out, it's about 18 months. Um, but retention is massive for us. We we spend a lot of effort every month on retention. Our coaches are heavily involved in our retention efforts. Um, and I, I'm a huge proponent of that. If you're just letting your coaches come in and coach a class and leave, you're doing it all wrong. Your yeah. coaches spend 60 minutes, 35 to 60 minutes with that client three to five times a week, sometimes six, sometimes seven. So if you can get them involved in what we call outreach here, so we split our our client lists up between all of our staff and every month they send a text, a phone call, a video message to their clients. Saying, hey, you know, you're crushing it. You're doing a great job. Can I help you with anything? That goes a long way. And our retention sits at about 90% month over month on average.
5: Mike, and, you, yeah. beautiful. That was just one, one piece of, uh, retention that Brittany mentioned. Yeah, we, already, massive. Yeah. we do sell a is just private, you know, uh, private little notes that we mail to them. Um, we call them cellograms. So it's like a custom postcard that we made. Um, we also have our LSF brag boards that we do celebrating the wins that they're doing scaled victories, non-scaled victories. But I want to mention something that, um, we found is that when we do, uh, when we do a search for new coaches and they find out what the job entails, we've had people that actually said, no, that's too much work for me because all they want to do is just come in and coach. And that's not what we want or who we want as a part of the team. Yeah. So yeah. for anybody that's watching right now, like we really focus heavily on who we bring in and who we hire and we don't work out of scarcity and we want to make sure the person that is in the position is in the right position for you know what we're what we have to offer our members so
6: yeah i think it's great and i love all the the little extra little extras you guys are doing to uh you know just remind members of those small wins and uh builds that relationship kind of that emotional deposit right uh with them and uh, i think it leads to better retention rates. and i'm and obviously you guys have seen that so uh last question i know we've touched on it like moving forward here your main objective uh, for growth over these next six months is it to move into this new space within six months, or is that a little further out? Are you already looking uh, for a
7: space? Yeah, we're we're in negotiations with a space right now, nice. but we're not. I mean, we're not rushing it. I feel like you know when you rush things, you miss things, things fall apart. Um, and Marcy and I have just a heard of too many people rushing into things and it going very badly. And b listen, we our baby is doing great. We're not yeah. suffering. We're not struggling. We're not, we're not like, oh my God, we all gotta open another one. It's just for right. us. It's like when it happens, it happens. We're just kind of enjoying the process, yeah. um, and taking it step by step, and you know, keeping our team heavily involved in it because I think that that's been a huge thing for us in this scaling piece. Is that a lot of gyms don't give their employees careers, and we want our girls to have a career. We want them awesome. to see something beyond where they're at right now, mm-hmm. financially owning their own Lady Strong someday, being a part of the corporate corporate team if we get to when when we get to eight or ten locations like so that's just massive for us so I think it's just we're taking our time we're enjoying the process and we're allowing our team to enjoy the process too
6: yeah I love that and I love that you are set on creating careers for your trainers within your space and then potentially with them having growth options which I think is something and I'm sure you'd agree we lack in this fitness industry in a lot of spaces so awesome to hear that you both are behind that and pushing that and that growing that team and now multiple locations here coming very soon down the road. So, yeah, I think it's a beautiful place to uh, to wrap this up. Uh, ladies, where can the listeners check you out? Website, social media, all that good stuff. Where can we find you and follow your story?
5: Marzia? Yeah, uh, pretty simple. Yeah, pretty simple. Lady Strong, which is one word, not two. Lady Strong Fitness, Facebook, Instagram. We have a lot of content on any of those platforms, including YouTube. We have the podcast channel, Lady Strong Fitcast obviously our own personal handles as well, Marcia Allen and um, on Instagram or Facebook and Brittany, if you want to kind of throw your handle out there as well.
7: Yeah. You guys can find me uh Brittany underscore. Um, I do a lot of like gym owner content too. Um, like just business content. I, I put out a lot of that stuff on my Instagram right now. It's pretty much what my channel is dedicated to because I just, I I, I do some consulting as well on the side, just as kind of a side hustle. It's not really a big business for me, but I just know that if you got to get around podcasts like this one, you got to start listening to things, get plugged into content and be willing to learn. So um, yeah, I'm glad that we're on here because I think this is what people need to hear. I think people need to hear more of this. And yeah, if anybody needs help or ask questions, check Marcy out, check me out. I mean, always happy to help in any way we can.
6: I agree. And I appreciate you guys coming on. And uh, like what you just said, Brittany, like people need to hear that, it is possible to be successful mm-hmm. owning a gym and like being yeah. a trainer and you can make money and ha- live a good life doing this. So like, uh, yes. I love having you guys on. Appreciate your time this morning and I'm glad we made this happen. Uh, thank you so much.
7: Thank you. Thank oh, you yeah. so much.
6: You got it. You got it. And listeners, we appreciate you as well. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for future episodes. And until next time, Gym Lords, we are out.